Welcome, affiliated listeners, to another episode of the Affiliated Podcast. And today, guys, I'm actually super excited because we're going to be doing something a little bit different. So let me kind of set the stage up before we introduce. Actually, I'm going to introduce the amazing people we have. Of course, first off, we have Thomas McChapo McMahon, <laughs> the scaling champion himself, joining me today. Um, and I want everyone, for all the video listeners here, if you're not audio listeners, stop, pause, go over to YouTube. Watch this on YouTube because you need to see in Thomas's background. He's finally got the sign lit up. We see the dimmer switch scaling. works. I yeah. took me a year of having the sign. I was like, I wonder if a dimmer switch would work. I started with Dylan, <laughs> our video producer. He's like, why don't you turn the sign? I was like, oh, it's too bright. I was like, wait, you know what they make for lights? Dimmer switches. And hey, it works. So <laughs> Can your dimmer switch clap? That would be really cool. I just no, I can't clap yet. Yeah. I have to go fiddle with everything when I get into yeah. my office. That, that is a really <laughs> underutilized form of technology, the old clapper switches. I just, I always wanted one. Um, and then also our guest today, who is one of, honestly, like in the last of 2022, I think he's probably my favorite person I met. Just somebody I connected with, not even, not even work-wise, just like a person I was like, holy cow, um, if soulmates are genderless, Vernon would be one of them for me. So it's really something <laughs> I, I enjoyed so much. Um, and we are going to be talking about a really cool thing, but we have the amazing Vernon Brown. I'm going to tell you why he's here in a second, but first Vernon, how are you doing? Want to say hi to the people. Dude, that was like the best lead in I've ever gotten in my life. And no one can top that. Thank you. Dude, but like we, we hit it off, man. It was just, you know, it was a real conversation that like both of us, well, you know, every time we talk, it's like, boom. And so, dude, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you a lot. I am in awe of you both, as you both know, because Thomas, I'm straight up a man crush on you. Um, second time I got to talk to you and I'm like, oh, I got my two favorite people. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely look up to Thomas, not only physically because I'm so short, but um, he's a great guy. So always good to have him in <laughs> uh, So today we're actually going to be talking about what we're all feeling right now, which is happiness. Um, Vernon actually is a happiness coach for um, high-powered executives and entrepreneurs. And what that sounds like a weird thing to, to, to talk about, the reason we're bringing it up is I can't tell you how many times for myself and within our industry and even outside that I meet people that are driven to start businesses, to do great things, to make a lot of money, yet all of that leads them to still being unfulfilled, unhappy, and some of the most miserable people have all this success. And it's one of the saddest things I've seen because why have all that success and still not be happy? And oftentimes what drives the success is exactly that lack of happiness, which is why Vernon comes in and he's able to work with people and I think really achieve something that we all want. We're all doing this for some level of happiness and joy. And why not get a coach to get you there a lot faster and actually get there? So what we want to talk about today and jump into is really give you guys, this is the happiness episode. We're starting a new year, a new us. We really want to accomplish something that's going to be amazing. And I think if your goal doesn't involve happiness, it's not a good goal because there's nothing that matters more in life than just at the end of the day, feeling happy with yourself your surroundings and everything going on, which sometimes in America feels harder than it should be. So um, I'm excited for this talk today. We're going to jump into it. Um, and just to get things started, what I really want to do, Vernon, if you could just tell people a little bit like high level about what you do and then jump into the story of how you got here. And we'll start giving some tips and tricks on how everyone could leave this podcast today with the things they need to do to finally get the happiness that maybe has been elusive to them. Or if it hasn't been, they can just feel it even more in higher degrees. So with that, Tell us a little about it, Vernon. Dude, I, I appreciate that. Did you just freestyle? That? I did. I can't do freestyle rap, but freestyle promos all day long. <laughs> oh my god! Somebody get this guy on NBC. <laughs> no, you know, thank you for this. It's um, what do I do? It's to sum it up, um, in the most succinct way as possible. Is it's about taking entrepreneurs, you know, and as you mentioned, from stuck to happy as beep. It's about getting people to the point where you know, and I think it's important for me to kind of tease this out. I'm not telling everybody to walk around and you need to have this maniacal smile on your face like a joker. I'm not saying that, right? Like, oh, be happy. <laughs> That's medication. What I'm talking about is, you know, for me, happiness is energy. And the more energy energy that you have, the better that you will do. Low energy is the number one thing that I see in people. And it's teaching entrepreneurs how that you can leverage this stuff, leverage things that we're going to be talking about. But all and, and like, wow, I've got it. I get it. And, you know, if you talk with me, you know, and I'm not just a bit bold claim here, but, you know, this is not what I say more so. It's more so what people are telling me, you know, over the years, I feel more energized. I feel more, you know, excited. I feel more positive. So why not? Why wouldn't you want to box it up and say, get an LLC and say, let me do something with this? Um, does that explain things kind of an overview, you know, for you before you get into the whole 
<laughs> yeah. No, I think so. Like I said, at the end of the day, it's it's about like you said, the the energy and when you're fulfilled, it's a different kind of energy, right? It's not energy propelling you towards an endpoint. Um, you know, that's fume energy, right? It's like when, when you want to see how far your E could go when you're a teenager, you're like, I wonder how, what happens when it goes way down, right? Like that sound. Um, so there's that type of energy or something that's fulfilled, which I think you're always coming from a place of, of more, you know, you could sustain that for a long time. I was curious there, like, how do you know when you're not happy? Glad you asked. Such a great question. You know, the big thing that shows up when is if low energy, not happy, lack of concentration, lack of focus, um, you start really hesitating a lot, aka procrastination, and you notice you start thinking more than what you are doing. When you start seeing that kind of cocktail come up, and as well as being a little argumentative and judgmental, um, not only with yourself, but with other people, when you start seeing that, that's when it's like, hey, maybe I should look into this. Not that something is wrong. It's not like, oh my gosh, you know, don't search this on the Google. I'm telling you now, you will freak out and, you know, find out that you have like a sixth or seventh or eighth toe or something <laughs> like that. No. But when you start seeing those kind of things show up, it's like, hey, maybe I need to, you know, check out, see how my energy's doing. You know, um, I think another way of saying it is when you notice your chief asset works against you, that's really when we start need to start having that conversation. For example, if you notice that you're very... You know, a number-based person, you know, Thomas, we were talking about that, you know, just kind of a different type of topic. When you notice that you spend more time in the weeds of what could go wrong versus doing it and figure out how to make it right, then mm -hmm. that, that's, we need to talk. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the reason we got along so well, Vernon, because you just described what I do yeah. almost all the time. So um, I just said it's because I'm an accountant, but... <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things, but if you just notice it's a little more thinking, a, a little more thinking than doing, that's about the sum of it. You know, I'm, again, not trying to be diagnostic, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. So um, no, I think it's a really interesting definition. Great question, Thomas. Uh, well, yeah, well, let's we'll use that to kind of pinpoint like how you got into all this. Like how does one find themselves teaching people to be happy? That That feels like quite a path. Outside Mr. Rogers, I don't know how many people chose that. Well, just like most, you know, many things in life, when, you know, you focus on the thing at a certain point in your life, it's because you probably didn't have it at one point in your life, right? And so now you realize, like, you, you didn't have it, and now you have it and you want other people to have it. You know, for 20, 20, 22 years, and this is from when I was born to, you know, until I was an adult, you know, happiness, you know, energy, things like that, they did not stick, they did not click, you know, um, I know we all have a story, you know, but my portion of it is when you grow up poor, um, it does things to you. It, it really, it creates this, you know, not more than scarcity and fear and lack, but it put me into this place. I can speak on this specifically, you know, as a middle child, I'm one of three. Um, it, it just made me feel like I didn't have a place in this world. And it wasn't just because, oh, well, you had low energy, you know, but it's, you know, being homeless, you know, one you know, for a good portion of my life. And, you know, we struggled to pay bills and who hasn't had that. But it's like this, the continued just abuse and neglect that I would get from my mom's boyfriends and just the different situations came about. I love my mom. I want to make sure I say that this isn't one of those things. But I'm just trying to say that things weren't too preachy cane for, but, you know, 15, 16 years of my life. And it went on like that for a while. And so, of course, you got the, you know, my archetype, as you know, can tell from my background, you know, I'm a nerd. I love comic books. You know, I love, you know, animation of all the, all, all the things that girls just love when you're in high school and middle <laughs> my school, my pickup right? line. Hey, have you like, seen? I love that comic book nerd. I want to go holler at him. Have you Vampire Hunter right? D? And they're like, mm. <laughs> I know. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. It, you know, things went on like that for a while, but it, it got to the point where I, especially when I was about 16, about 18 years old, I, I almost made a decision that was going to stop me from being here. Um, and this story does have a happy ending. Ride with me here. Uh, but I recognized, and when I say I, it was I got some help. You know, a really smart person said that, you know, you know, if you're struggling so much and things are so bad, well, what's the reason at least? And I'll never forget this. And I was like, oh, and at the time I was in that blaming phase, phase of things. And I said, oh, because my mom and blah, 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 blah. And I'm 18, 19 years old. And this guy looks at me and says, where's your mom? And I'll never forget that. I'm like, oh, 
point taken. And that just let me know that um, it really woke me up that I need to make some better better decisions um, because sometimes you're not going to have a choice in a hand and where you land, but you have um, a, a choice to make and where you end up. And, you know, from there, I just started really working on myself. Um, and let me tell you how the universe works. I was 5'10 in high school. This is not an attack on anyone's height, just to give from reference. I'm feeling already. Just throwing it out. You should go. Yeah. Right, right. That's, oh, that's, five, ten. that's why you grab your beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but hear me out, right? So for fit, a 19 years, 19, 20 years, I, I didn't fit in. I was that ugly duckling. I was that guy who was called short, fat, stupid, and ugly, right? And all of a sudden, 18, 19 um, years old, I'm 5'10". I graduated high school. I go into college, and all of a sudden, I'm wearing high waters. I'm like, why am I wearing high waters? Like, I thought I was kind of over these things, right? I'm working, and I realized that I went from 5'10 to 6'4", almost over freaking summer. So I hit my growth spurt late. And I hit so many other things late, by the way. I had baby teeth when I was still, I was 16 oh, wow. years old. Yeah. It was just crazy how I was developed late. But what that forced made me realize is like, well, if my body's still developing, what else could be developing? So I started getting curious about every single thing about me, the way that I spoke. I can talk to anybody now. When I was, you know, at, at that weird trying to figure out my life out as a freaking 20 year old phase, I wasn't able to talk, articulate myself. I wasn't able to even read people the way that I read people now. I didn't have my access to my intuition, but I figured a lot of things out because I got super uncomfortable and curious with life. Please listen up. That is a big key for everybody. Um, be comfortable, being uncomfortable and curious and I challenge a lot of things that I was raised in. Um, I was told that, again, I was stupid, fat, and ugly. Well, I was no longer, you know, stupid because all of a sudden I'm in college, I'm doing these things. Challenge that. Um, I was no longer fat. I started working on myself and working out because I got tired of getting beat up. Um, but also because they told me at 18 that I had high blood pressure and I was going to die by the time I turned 40 and whatnot. And I started, started making those changes, um, lifestyle changes, and I literally had to build myself. But along the way, I started recognizing I had way more energy. I was way more confident and it wasn't because I knew what to say, but also I, I didn't worry about what to say. I was more concerned of if you don't say the right thing, you better know how to respond or react to it. And so I just kind of figured out that kind of big confidence hack. And I was like, man, if I feel like this, I wonder how other people are feeling. And at that time I started focusing on getting super uncomfortable again um, when I was staying there, I kind of dropped it short, but I wanted to get more uncomfortable. And I said, let me become a bartender. That's the fastest way I can get to know people and it'll force me to talk and I can get paid for it. Right. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> let me get uncomfortable, get paid for it. And so that's what I did. And by me being a bartender, which I did not initially, you know, was fawning over, but I figured it out. Because a manager who was so amazing told me if I don't become a bartender, she was going to fire me. <laughs> and uh, things really took off for me. Yeah, I know. We love those pushes in life. <laughs> um, and things really took off for me. And that's when I found one of my super, my main superpowers, what I call it, because I am a nerd, take the shelf, um, that my intuition. And that came from the gift of long suffering. That came from those hardships and those really tough times that I had to face when I was younger. And from that, you know, I took that to New York and I became um, an actor and model, which is another story I'm happy to expand on. But not, you know, that's a, if y'all want to go there, I'm happy to go there. But I became an actor and model because I wanted to figure out the hardest stuff possible at that time. I um, mean, I had to challenge them. I had to challenge myself and challenge like that inner critic, right? Because just because you might be 5'10 or 6'4 and maybe start getting some more attention because the way that you deliver or the way that you're, you're goofy and funny and make people laugh, that doesn't mean up here is caught up to with that, right? And so I, I just, I wanted to push myself and develop and grow. And so, and I also had some really strong blocks on my appearance, really strong blocks. And that's why I really went towards modeling at first. It wasn't a, a vanity. Um, I wanted to be on a, model, a cover model. That was never the goal. It was just, let me just try something that was really hard that I didn't think I could do to fight that critic. You know, it was just the thrill of the challenge. And I had a really great time doing that for about two and a half years, two and a half, three years. And I got full of that. You know, I'm a nerd. I'm behind the camera guy. You know, I, I'm not, even this, doing this, I'm more comfortable with it now. But at the time, I wasn't comfortable with doing that. And um as I was looking to figure out what exactly I wanted to do in my life to like, to give, you know, I don't get me wrong. I like being in front of the camera. I had the great experiences being in front of the camera, but that's not me. I'm a giver. I like to connect with people. I'm the guy like, Hey man, where you at? What's happening in life? Like, let's talk about it. Let's figure this out. And, and I got with a mentor and he told me that, you know, you really should consider coaching. 
And I told him, absolutely not. Um, he's like, no, life coach is what you want to do. And I'm like, no, it's not because I'm not old enough to, and I don't have enough life in me. And he uh, challenged me, you know, very smart older guy, old guy. He will say this, he's an old man, retired. And he told me that, well, Vernon, you lived many lives before. And I said, fine. I said, if I'm going to do this, I want to do something that makes sense and connects with me. And I started to look at the kind of the common thread um, of how I helped, how I got myself to where I was, but most importantly, what people said when, you know, I was able to help them through some tough times, even on set. He said, I always feel much better when I'm with you. Like, I feel happier. And that's how what's your happy came to be. <laughs> and that was 10 years ago now. That is awesome. I, I think I love the, what I love most about that, Vernon. Is I still have baby teeth, and maybe that's what's holding my height back. I just need to pull those suckers out, and boom, six fours right there for me. I just a couple of years Don't away. Don't you be afraid? <laughs> you do it. Oh, that's what you got from there. That's <laughs> all I get. <laughs> there is still hope. Never give up. I'm telling you. Tell me six four next summer, isn't that? <laughs> <laughs> you were right. Yeah, or just some really, really tall shoes. Um, no, that, that was really amazing, uh, Vernon. I think. It, a great example of just uh, where leading into discomfort and opportunity could take you. So um, actually, one of the things that really stood out to me is you'd mentioned, you know, hey, growing up poor and what that does to your self-worth and also sometimes your drive, which I think oftentimes we see a lot of that in our industry where a lot of people, you know, they were raised in, in really tough situations. They, they never saw a path to monetary success until they found this world on the internet. They found places to get themselves uncomfortable. And that's where they start driving in, in hopes that, you know, you could get yourself happy. So, um, yeah, before we kind of transition, I want to see Thomas, do you have, what are your thoughts on, on, uh, Vernon's origin story? <laughs> I was curious if that, <laughs> like, um, what does that drive for discomfort and kind of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone into the curiosity driven stuff? Did that happen when you got into college or you were always that way when you're going through you know, elementary school or high school? You know, that's a good question. I've, um, I've always been kind of naturally scientifically curious. Um, <clears throat> but that was kind of suppressed in school because, you know, in school, depending on your peer group or my peer group, you need to do exactly what everyone else is doing in order to fit in. So I kind of fell in line with that. But deep down, that's that that's not, you know, who I am, right? Just because people do things a certain way, like when I was growing up, you know, just to be really blunt, <clears throat> and I hope that's okay with you all. I used to hear, well, black people don't do that. I'm like, don't do what? Ski? <laughs> and they were like, no, we don't do it. I'm like, what? I did that. But that was always kind of, I've always been curious. I'm still a curious little kitten. And that is one huge key for happiness. Stay curious. Nothing's true. Nothing's absolute. But yeah, that, um, well, that, that, I think yeah, that transitions perfectly into what I really want to focus. Let's try and get about. For, for our audience, I think one of the things we want to do is we're going to a new year. We talk a lot about like where you've gone, but now it's like, let's get to some things to really help us start being happy. So I'd love to, if we could target oh, yeah. and focus on three tips. Like if you met somebody on the street and they were like Charlie Browning, raining cloud over their head, right? <laughs> really not that, but just the average person, you know, our audience, let's talk about three things um, to start moving yourself towards happiness. And we'll actually do the thing you said first which is keep yourself curious. So what are talk and expand on that a little bit more about one, why we tend not to, and then also how you overcome that and get people being curious again. This is a wonderful question <clears throat> about curiosity. We forget, and you know, this is one of my theory again, not speaking in absolutes, but <clears throat> for the sake of this, I'm just going to speak a certain way again. I'm not speaking in absolute. So don't butcher too much what I'm saying, but it's, when we get to a certain age, largely it becomes, we get looked on, looked at as if we're childish. If we sit back and think about the possibilities of stuff, you know, you'll talk, you'll see kids daydreaming all the time. You know, you'll leave your kids in your room and I have a child and anyone listening or anybody has children or watch children, you see kids will just go in a room and they'll just daydream and they'll just like, Oh, what I want to be this. I want to do that. And what if we could put flint, uh, wings on hippos? It sounds absurd. <clears throat> right. But it's all, oh, that's me. That's me, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. But as adults, like, that's a huge foundation to, to happiness and to getting us out of these stuck mindsets. Stay curious. Um, but we, we think it's pretty much immature or, or too developed to do that. But nothing got here. People don't become entrepreneurs because they just one day and said, oh, let me check that box when you're doing SATs. No, you have to think it. You have to daydream about it and then make it happen. 
And at a certain point, we just don't do it enough. And <clears throat> I kind of I throw that into the whole curiosity vein. But also it's the what I mentioned earlier, sometimes because your peer group doesn't believe in doing things differently. And so we just stop and it's a learned behavior sometimes. You know, when you're around someone who's naturally curious, you're like, oh, 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 that's what certain movies might, you know, pique your curiosity, for example, like a national treasure. You would look at the Mona Lisa or the the the, the Eiffel Tower and just think, oh, just that. But for other people, it's like, oh, no, it could be this, it could be that. And it just creates that wonder. But we don't do that enough as adults. And, you know, I, I think, um, does that answer your question enough before I kind of get on some ways you can start being curious? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually going to say, too, I think one thing, um, when you mentioned curious as a question, because I think oftentimes see people that think of themselves as curious in terms of maybe their profession, but you're not talking about a narrow curiosity. This should be a broad curious about everything, broad. right? So Absolutely. Like, I could see myself in a different point in time listening to this. I'm like, oh, I'm curious. When in reality, like that does sometimes become a struggle for me because I'm curious in one narrow avenue. So I just want to make sure that you're talking broadly. Yeah, I'm just talking broad. I mean, granted, it starts, maybe it might start with a narrowed focus. So let me just see if I can, you know, send an email like this, right? You're like, oh, let me try it with this different subject line. We have that curiosity in the industry, but it's like, all right, let's take this a step further. You know, is this the happiest that you could be? Is this the best that your relationship could be? You know, there is no limit. There is no level there. I don't know where we kind of get these benchmarks that we stick with, but start looking for the possibility. And I know that sounds Pollyanna-ish, but I'm telling you, it's, when you start noticing when people get low energy, look how inflexible they become. No, this won't work. No, this won't work. Yeah. I was like Mike, Michael Lohman here at work. He was teaching us on improv, you know, kind of some core tenets of improv that he follows. And part of that yeah. was like, right, like if this is true, what else is true? That's what I always find. If you start digging right. into things, if you start asking what ifs and stuff, it's like, well, if that's true, well, gosh, what else is true? You start realizing how much you don't know <laughs> and how much more possibility there is. Yeah. Bingo. Because when you can start predicting that if I do this, this will happen, that's a boring life. It's fine uh, to a point, but if every aspect of your life, you go, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this happen, and you can just sit back, you're not going to want to go out there and try something different. You're not. You'll get, um, what was the movie? Um, Wanted with uh, James McAvoy. <clears throat> and he was just like, the theme song, every day is exactly the same. That's a big thing that shows up for a lot of people. I'm not judging people. I'm telling you, I've been there. And many times I got to wake myself up like, whoa, baby, we got to get this back on track. Yeah. And starts feeling like uh, as we go movie roundtable, like Fight Club, when he talks about um, insomnia and everything's a carbon copy of the, the day before. And I'm like, oh, boy, that's never a fun place to be. So, um, well, that, well, moving on from that, how do we break out of that? So for those that are sitting here, well, I'm curious, but I'm definitely not. I feel that rutness sometimes. What are some things you advise people do to to get yourself out of there? diversify your life one of the fastest ways is we're doing it is what we're doing right now be around people who have who are curious like if you hang around you know you lie around dogs you get fleas right you lie down with curious dogs you get curious fleas lie down with rich dogs you get rich fleas be around people that already have what you want you will naturally pick that up unconsciously you know not picking on dog cat people but people start looking like the animals for a reason right <laughs> you start picking up on these things, you know, maybe your mom might do something or your dad, your caregiver did something when you were younger and you were like, oh, I will never do that. Now you do it. You pick up people's behaviors unconsciously. Use it to your advantage. It's not a deficit. It's not to a deficit. Use it to your benefit. Number one. <clears throat> the second thing is borrow someone else's brain. You know, I, I am a big fan of talking out loud to myself. If I'm at the gym, if I'm out and I'm stuck, I will be right here in my office and I would say, you know, how would Kyle handle this? Because Thomas and Kyle, y'all are the two people like, oh man, Thomas and Thomas and Kyle, they know this, they know that. And I'm like, oh man, how would they look at this? And all of a sudden it just opens you up. You can start getting really linear in your thinking. Um, another way is with Thomas, what you said, what if, what if, what if questions, I'm telling you, they start opening you up. But it's not going to be, you know, for some people, it's just like, oh, wow, it just opens up this world of curiosity. What the next step that tends to happen with people is you will feel funny. You could feel funny. You could feel like, oh, God, I feel weird. Like you're in your underwear and people are looking at you. But you're being curious with yourself by yourself. Don't be weird with that statement. But, you know, and start doing things like this. Get past that silly feeling. 
And um, it's one of the times that things I let people know, I always tell people build thinking, thinking time into your schedule. That is your curiosity time. That's your time to experiment. Need to have thinking time built into your schedule. I do it every single day, every single week, not every single day. But those are my big, big ways you can start practicing being curious. No, it resonates a lot. I mean, I find that, you know, I can tend to get a bit addicted to the phone and the stimulus and the podcast or just kind of filling any empty space with stimulus because <laughs> I'm chasing that dopamine and all that. Um, but yeah, if I can just like leave the phone and go for a walk or something and I call it my personal walk and talk, you know, just kind of work through whatever I might have a subject I'm going to think through or kind of a problem to work through or I won't, I was going for a walk. And then that stimulus that kind of away from the phone gets me thinking on that track again. It kind of gets me asking those questions to myself again versus just like the little blips I might get that they then distract myself with a screen or a podcast or some other stimulus that I'm trying to cut out all my brain noise with or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cutting Mm -hmm. out brain noise, man. That's, that's always a, a fun thing. Um, I, I will say I got out of this that if you want to be happy, you just got to hang out with Thomas and I. That's what it sounds We are the happy fleas, apparently. <laughs> Do you think it's a coincidence that I am here? Are you kidding me? My energy was a little low. I needed a little boost. Um, well, now to completely destroy what I just said, <laughs> one of the things, one of the problems. So I love the what if suggestion um, because sometimes that could go really great for me. But there is another side of that coin. Um, for a nerd reference would be like two faces, scarred up double side coin. That scarred up side is where sometimes my what ifs could become a spiral of death towards every what if bad scenario and how that could beget another one. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you feel like very, very stressed. There've been times it's I've actually the first and only panic attack I had in my life exactly started that way. Um, it was a horrible experience. Yep. So not to say that I, I don't, want to do the what if stuff. But um, I guess my question is, w- when you have a propensity to that, you might find yourself what ifing into a spiral of misery. How do you pull people out of that? How do you take the what if from being a positive playground of curiosity and it, keeping it from becoming this um, anxious spiral towards your path to what the end of the world looks like? Because sometimes it could feel that way. Yeah, you know, and this is a good question. Uh, thinkers, <clears throat> highly intellectual people tend to do this because, again, your chief asset will work against you. Um, you know, one of the fastest ways that I do when I'm talking with people, this is not the only way, but one of the ways is, okay, now you've practiced that perspective, and that's one end of the, the, of the spectrum. What's on the other end? The question, it's, you're going to practice what you do the most. You're going to do what you practice the most, and you just practice doing it. That's all I hear. And so if you practice that it, it's going to be the end of the world, okay, great. Now what's happening in the middle? What's another scenario there? And it's just the practice of doing that differently. It's not going to, I'm not trying to say like, oh, immediately, boom, I thought practicing in the world. Now it's the Garden of Eden. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is it's about you kind of shifting that thought. If you already know what you're going to do, that's a strength. Use it to your advantage. Walk backwards and try to do that. It ain't going to happen. But you got to wake yourself up. And I think another way also to kind of even throw it out there is, where are you at when you're doing these things? You know, are you in the similar room? Are you in the same setting? Because there could be some commonalities that could really start triggering a lot of those things. Anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah. The, yeah it's like the, my brain is not location specific. It'll go and run anywhere. So. <laughs> but what you just said, and even, um, I know we joked about it, but it's my original point and kind of tip here is isolation is the entrepreneur's enemy. Um, it's great when we need to shut down that brain noise. It's great when we got people, you know, when you feel like people say your name with inflection, and you always feel like it's a question, Thomas, Kyle, you're like, Oh God, <laughs> and you just want to be isolated. Yeah. Right. And isolation can be, you know, a tool, but when you start practicing in excess, all of us will get a little different, a little um, more critical and negative when we're by ourselves. It's important for people to be around people that you feel connected with, um, and honestly, people who have, you know, in contact, in touch with the true self, when you're around people like that, it's really hard to be negative when you're around certain t- and when you pick up on certain energy from people. Um, have you ever had the experience when you're around some people and you just feel a person or it could be, you know, a guy, a gal, could be whoever. You just feel more capable. Energy's higher. You will rub off that will rub off on you in a blink of an eye. You know, there's times when I even feel. Not that I'm exempt from this, but um, even today I woke up. I'm like, I just wasn't with it at first. I was not. It took me a good 30 minutes to kind of get with it. 
and I just hit my boy up online on um online in New York. I'm like, hey man, what are you doing? Hey man, it's four o'clock in the morning. This dude is like, <laughs> man, I got up at three o'clock, and you know I did a few sit ups. I'm like, dude, you need to chill the f out, <laughs> right? And it's like I picked up on that. Boom, kicked me right back into gear. But and your isolation, when you start noticing you're doing that, it might be a good idea for you to be around some people who um, got a little more energy or maybe some um, a different, per, a refreshing perspective. Yeah, no, that's great. You don't want to do this stuff alone. Yeah, you don't. How do you get past, or how do you help maybe your clients kind of get past that hurdle of starting that? Because right, I can feel like myself, this is coming from me, but also just people I chat with, it can be very hard to make that outreach, even if it's really benign. It's like, hey, how you doing? That can feel like I'm intruding. It can feel like... Like a, like a little hurdle can feel insurmountable sometimes when you're kind of in that I feel stuck phase. Is there anything that you find is helpful for people to kind of push past that and start building in that habit? Yeah, I think it's important to start off with, you know, be careful of your feelings. Sometimes your feelings um, can be master's judgments. Um, I feel stupid. Stupid's not a feeling. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, watch your language sometimes. I'm not trying to say, oh, that fixes it. No, but just be careful of that. Um, but the starting, I've been doing, talking a little bit more, a lot more about this. Um, the starting is get uncomfortable. Just it, the, the fastest thing, it's not going to be comfortable. I think you got to be honest with that there. You know, when you did things like, oh, gosh, you have to ride this new bike, ride a bike. You never rode a bike before when you were younger. For many of us, it was like, oh, man, it's a new adventure. For some of us, it's like, I'm going to fall. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, <clears throat> step into it. And that's why I'm such a huge fanatic. And I have, this year, I'm in, intentionally going after isolation. Be around people Be, and, and lay into that. You know, hey, look, I'm really working on, and this is a boundary, I'm really working on reaching out more. Let people know these things. It's okay. People actually are more receptive to you when you say, hey, look, I'm trying not to isolate myself as much in 2023, and I want to just do more check-ins. People will respond to that so well. And I'm big. I know it seems awkward at first um, for God to say, let's talk about feelings, but just let people where you're at. I'm, I'm telling you now. Thomas, if I sent you a text and you uh, have heard seeing me on Facebook, and hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just... Um, I've noticed I've been spending a little more time with myself and I'm trying to get out of that, man. And I want to see, you know, how things are going with you and checking in more. Would you say anything negative or would you, would you make time for a text like that? I'd be thrilled with a text like that. Yeah. I'd be. How come? Um, well, the fact that I guess first that, oh, cool. Like, you know, Vernon's thinking of me, right? Like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about, I was probably thinking about you earlier that day too. Like, right. It's probably like that, like that connection, even though we weren't connected <laughs> is really strong. Um, so that I think is a big spark in that moment. And then I think, I mean, I would resonate a lot with that when, I mean, that was actually something um, at the four rooms mastermind, the last mimosa when Amber pushed into four rooms, that was a big aha I had. It's like, yeah, I don't want to be as isolated. I want to make deeper and uh, more intentional connections with the people that do fill me up because I miss that. So I know a lot of people feel that same way. I'm um, just in chatting with people out there too. So receiving that is very validating that I'm not alone in that type of feeling if Vernon's feeling that way too. And that now this uh, is kind of a safer place to chat about this kind of stuff, even if it doesn't have to go that deep with you, right? It might just be like, oh man, yeah, of course, reach out anytime. I'm doing great. And I, or it might go you know, a different direction. But You know, perfect. You know, I didn't know what you would say. So I was risking here, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, <clears throat> but people, you can't do anything but to relate to another human being, being a human being. I do this all the time when I speak. I might walk out there. I'm just like, all right, listen up, guys. I hope I do this right. I hope y'all laugh. I tell you what, we're going to have a good time no matter what. Everybody starts laughing. They're like, oh, because it's shared experience. Boom. And if, you know, and that's just one way you can start reaching out, you know, and I'm telling you now, uh, just to rip the Band-Aid off, it's going to be uncomfortable. And I've yet to find a person when you especially kind of lead in like that who finds that intrusive. We all struggle with that thought. Oh, I don't want to be bothersome. Um, I, I mean, to be really honest with you, I feel as though I deal with that a little bit more than you know maybe an average person because of the way that I grew up. I still I don't necessarily identify as self worth, but who wants to be intrusive sometimes? But you got to push past some of those things. Yeah, and I I find that what that second point you brought up earlier, right? That borrow someone else's brain. Like I just realized that I've done that without realizing it. Where it's like, oh, I wish I could be better at this. And then I think of someone who is I admire that does do that thing I want to do. It's like, oh yeah, they, they seem so easy for them. What would they do in this situation? They probably just text the person. So I'll just text the person. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, just text them. Right? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I, I think one, one thing I really loved um, about Thomas's reaction, what you said, Vern, is just it's stating intentions. Because I think it made me start thinking that I think people have done that to me in the past, but they didn't do what you talked about. And it was one of the most awkward interactions because it'll be like, they'll send me a message or an email like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, good. You know, we, what are we doing here? Like, what, what's the <laughs> point? Like, I'm good. You're good. We're all good. Like, what, what's happening? And then it becomes this awkward, like, it feels like a middle school dance where you're just lines have been drawn. There's like people, kids staring at each other, sweating out BO and not sharing what, what to do next. Right. So I think that that intention being stated eliminates so much of that discomfort. And now I know what you're looking for. And it's like the, it's like nice. Cause I can connect with that feeling, but then also I know how to serve that feeling. Right. So what I say next will be the reaction you want versus if you don't state why you're reaching out, if you're not willing to, share that level of vulnerability because it's a level of vulnerability but like hey man i'm trying to connect with mm -hmm. people and worth like don't connect with me you know that's always a risk you have to worry about um but like yeah. you know that sense of vulnerability really one connects and then it allows you to go well here's here's how i could help this or here's what i could do so i i just love that i've never even thought about it um but damn if you and thompson actually thomas you've made me think a lot about this in our prior conversations about being intentional um to reach out to people and i Vernon, you hit the nail on the head. Isolation is a big problem for me. I don't know if it's because I have four kids. So like isolation feels like the Mecca. I'm like, oh, by myself. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so I don't know if this is going to get me to talk to people on a plane, but I definitely like that idea of intentionally thinking about isolation and where that could put you. And then um, sending your intentions when you reach out. That's really beautiful. So with that, let us take these intentions. And I don't know if that was number two, but what's another maybe big focus or thing you'd recommend um, for, for people out there, especially entrepreneurs to go out and find themselves being more happy on a daily basis? Entrepreneurs are folks have been happy. You got to practice it. And, and I've asked this question to thousands of people, whether I'm on stage and doing, you know, webinars and things like this, and I get a lot of mixed answers, but it ultimately the majority does this. Do you know what makes you happy? That does not involve, because I need to qualify this, no buying or spending, because I saw my Thomas, your eyes said everything. Well, I know. <laughs> uh, no buying or spending, no food or alcohol, and it only can involve yourself. No buying or spending, no food or alcohol, and it only can involve yourself. And it's about sitting back and recognizing if I'm buying or spending, that creates a capital problem, specifically a capital one problem. We don't want those problems, <laughs> right? Food. I love food, food and alcohol. But let me tell you something. You can only eat, just like we started with talking with the hot ones earlier, you can only eat so many chicken wings before you start noticing your lab, lab work is going to come back a particular way. With alcohol, no one drinks a bottle of wine and say, I'm so happy with those text messages that I sent the next day. They're like, oh, God. Oh, these things create problems. But the big one that catches entrepreneurs specifically, um, parents specifically, you know, also is it only can involve yourself. Those three things, you know, in, in tow, you know, what they leave is they, they take all the excuses out of it. When you find the things that make you happy, you're happy. That's why, again, my practice is what's your happy, not my mom, not my, 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 my dad's, my cousin, my brother's you're happy and it's going to be weird. And I'm telling you now it's going to be weird. But when you're focusing on your happy, specifically your brand of happiness, life starts lighting up. You forget these things. And I'll be working with entrepreneurs. Even when I did um, my Golsh workshop, you know, the past few days, a few days ago, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at people. I'm like, what are you doing for fun? I was like, oh, well, I love to go buy and spend like, no, 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 no. No buyers, no food, or alcohol. I don't involve yourself. Everyone gets quiet. 30, 40, 50 year old people. Everyone's quiet. And it's not a judgment question, but it's to make you think. You will start doing things that you, you thought would make you happy, but you go along with it. But you need to do your brand of happiness. You know, my happy is going to be very different than both of you all's happy. How I decided to even move here, we visit, I visited here. And I went to the grocery stores and they had seasonings at a store that I've never seen in my life. I said, I got a movie. <laughs> and it might seem ridiculous to everybody, but that's my happy. I love to cook. I love you know, um, the idea of food brings people together. I don't care what your belief is. I don't care what skin color. I don't believe any of that. When people get hungry, they get real accepting. And so I just love the positivity of food. You know, some people liken it to like a table of things, but that's my happy. But you need to focus on, and I mean, I'm telling people, get out there and get curious about what you used to do for fun in many cases. 
Maybe you still love fishing. Maybe you stop because, you know, you didn't have the time. But look back at these things. That is what's going to start lighting you up. And that's not the cure-all end-all. But when you are doing a thing that makes you happy, you're not thinking about the end of the world, Kyle, like you were saying earlier. You're not worried about that type of stuff. If you're out there casting that line, you know, I'm going to catch the biggest trigger fish I've ever caught. My life is going to be this big and you're going to be looking like a kid again. And because you need to get back to those things, it's important for us to get back to those times. And it's not that, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm feeling good. This thing, your brain and this thing, your body gets a break to just be and it gets the power down. It gets to, you know, relax and not be quite as vigilant, vigilant, uh, vigilant and looking for things that's wrong. When you're doing those things, that's when your energy starts getting higher. Let's take a shot at what's wrong, brain. Oh, I need to go and do, 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 do and do all over yourself. And you get to be a human being versus a human doing. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I hit, that hits in a special spot for me. I, the idea of production isn't happiness, right? Production isn't necessarily Correct. happiness. And that has been something I've been dealing with a lot lately. But um, I love that. And man, when you put it that way and you start to really think to yourself, what are the things that really, truly make you happy? And then I quickly realize how rarely I do those things. Um, it, make, it, it makes you the opposite of happy, but it also gives you this opportunity to go like, oh, wow, there is a focus. Um, and I imagine for a lot of entrepreneurs too, like that's got to be huge. Like how often you sacrifice your joy and tell yourself what makes you happy is like, I love to work and grind. Maybe, but that's probably not all you love to do. Like there's probably other things that aren't yep. working and grinding that you really enjoy. So um, no, that's powerful, man. That's powerful. But it, it's also really enlightening when you start realizing how much more money you will make. You know, if your energy is lower, you will spend more money. Buying and spending, it's one of the first things you'll start to do. I feel happy. Let me go buy stuff. Then you're going to end up with a whole bunch of stuff and a whole lot of problems where, they, where it can start translating into business. If you are doing things and become, when your energy gets low, all of us, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're, you have dogs or cats, everything can experience that has a heartbeat, low energy. <clears throat> you're going to make foolish decisions. You're just going to start doing stuff because you've always done it that way versus looking at it from a more like, hey, let me try it like this. Um, you will start taking risk. And when I say risk, you'll just start thinking differently because, you know, when energy is low, the gap between thinking and doing is huge. Like, oh, gosh, I guess I got to go to the gym. Oh, but I got to go downstairs and I got to get my shoes and then I got to get my keys. And then I got, oh, God, I do have keyless entry, but I got to sit in a car and press a button. Oh, that seems like so much work. I'm not going to go do it. You'll talk yourself right out of it. When energy is high, it's like, all right, let me go do this. All right, let me jump on this podcast. Oh, I've never done this before. Oh, everything becomes exciting to you when your energy is high. You're like, oh, this is a great opportunity. Um. And it's one of those things I tell, you know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs about because I, I know the wave of the future is going to be collaboration. If you want to work better with people, focus. Or if you want to work better with people and come up with more creative deals, focus on more fun. Fun is the first thing that goes from people's lives when life starts showing up. The very first thing. And I will ask, I don't care where they are in life, what have you been doing for fun through during this tough time? And then everybody was, there's, you know, bigger than anything, nothing. 97%, I'll say it like that, just so I won't speak in absolutes. They will say, I'm not doing anything for fun. But it's the first thing that needs to stay. I'm seeing people flip around. I mean, most recently, just even flip at the numbers, because I know numbers matter to people. Obviously, we're entrepreneurs. We need to make money, right? But, you know, somebody will try to, um, the lady I'm thinking in particular, she could not figure out why her offer was not doing what it needed to do. She's smart, she's capable, and she knows these things. Smart people get stuck. Smart people also start getting critical and judgmental of themselves. She was saying, I'm stupid, I'm not smart, da 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 what's wrong with me? Compared herself to her sister. She's doing this whole mental gymnastics thing. <clears throat> and as we started freeing her up, and it was just something as simple as 30 minutes. What are you doing for something? Give yourself 30 minutes, and all of a sudden, we start executing better. She starts doing this. I'm not going to be the guy that can always come in and say, hey, do this, do that, but it's get your brain functioning better. Wow, I get it now. Oh, wow, I never looked at it that way. Next thing you know, you start making more money. Oh, I made 20K. How did you do that? I wasn't looking at what's wrong. I wasn't sitting still in the chaos. Smart, capable people will stand still in the chaos when the energy is low. You know better, but why aren't you doing better? Your energy's low. There's nothing wrong with you. You're a human being. Your heart's working. Everything's working like it's supposed to. You just need to get a jump started. Go have some fun. Well, boy, that is some truth to be spoken. <laughs> Our silence, Vernon, I can't speak for Thomas's, but for me, I'm just sitting here like, 
man, I'm almost glad the podcast got delayed because some things that have happened over that period, like this is hitting me in a very good point. So I hope it's hitting all the listeners in a way where you're really not beating yourself down. Like you should be spoken and opened up with the opportunity of how to make yourself happier. I wouldn't say quickly, but you have a path, right? And you could see yourself in these moments, that low energy stuck feeling. And now the only way to even identify that's what you are versus that's where you are, not who you are, right? Like, I think that's one of the biggest things. Correct. It's transitioning those things and then knowing that you could trust your energy and intelligence to move you to where you want to go versus feeling like you're not enough and that's why you are where you are. So I know I'm obviously just speaking for myself. Sorry about that. But, um, you know, one thing I, I know we're getting low on time here and this has uh, been amazing. I wasn't sure how long ago, but it's been awesome. Um, even if they're selfishly for me. So, um, but I want to do is kind of two things. Um, first, we're going to give you an opportunity, Vernon, to say one more thing to the people, give your last kind of tagline of, of the mission, the commitment to go off and be happy. We know that you need to, we, we talked about a lot of things here in terms of changing your mindset, um, practicing happiness, understanding what really makes you happy, really, really great stuff. Um, but we'll give you a chance to do that. Before that, though, I really, really, because this has been great. It's been amazing. I can't imagine you have tons of content like this. How do people follow you? How do they get a hold of you and connect with you um, if, if they want more or if they even want your services on that one-on-one -on -one basis um, to, to start getting happier faster? Yeah, you know, and thank you for this. <clears throat> you know, my email is vernon at whatsyourhappy.com and it's H-A-P-P-I.com, not happy with a Y. And if you want to know why and I, why and I, because you matter. Um, and there's a reason why it's well happy with an eye. It's to wake you up. You, you know, when we get critical and judgmental, you will see that eye on happy. I'm like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, perfect opportunity to talk to you about happiness. But burning at whatsyourhappy.com, um, as well as whatsyourhappy.com. Those are the fastest ways to get a hold of me. Also to follow me. Uh, we got some really cool things coming down a pipeline this year specifically. Um, we're really focused on, on isolation this year, anti-isolation. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the thing I do want to leave people with is be determined to be happy, be determined. There's no point in you making all of this Mac money and living in this McMansion. Oh, hi, McMahon. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> he does live in the McMansion, the McManor. Because, I was very confused yeah, when like, I was I'll younger and I heard that term for the first time. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm yeah. saying? If you want to live this big life, you don't want to do it alone. You don't. You want to have people that you can trust. That's why I always lead with what I want. Hey, this is what I'm working on. Um, I just wanted to check on you um, because it invites people into your world. If they don't like the message, they can rock on with it. Um, but you want to make sure that you got people that you care about and, you know, people that care about you. So it's it's everything. You know, we're anti-isolation. That's what we're really pushing on, especially for our entrepreneurs. We got lots of new people you know, stepping into this arena. And I'm telling you that isolation can be a beast. And uh, our plan's kicking in the butt. <laughs> I love that. And Thomas, any other thoughts? I know we covered a lot today. Just we'll get your final thoughts too. And then we'll send people. No, I, I, mean, I, I love this topic. Started. You see the, the happy scaling sign in the back, right? Like mm -hmm. it's like that sign off of been saying for years now, but it's like, I, I just, I love to feel happy. I don't always feel happy, but it's just that, that natural curiosity. Mm -hmm. This really resonates and, yeah, I think it, we can all relate to that points in our life where we're just feeling stuck or just feeling in the muck or just kind of in that blah kind of phase. We're not really sure what's going on. And I, I've made some intentional decisions in the last few years to like spend more time and money on the things that do make me happy versus or like a justifiable ROI thing that I can go out and do. And sometimes I might go too far into it and, you know, spend way too much time trying to get a little better at golf, but, um, it fills me with something that's not just work and not just my responsibilities as a, you know, 32 year old adult, I can actually just go out and <laughs> have fun like a kid again and kind of go explore again. But no, resonate a lot with what you're saying. I try to tell, and Kyle does the same. You tell people are getting into the space or getting into entrepreneurship that you need to go network. You can go meet people, not just go learn yes. like marketing skills <laughs> but because you get into that other sphere of people you get to realize that okay yeah these people aren't that much different than me and actually maybe they are a lot different than me and i can actually learn a lot from them not on like a marketing skill base but in a okay i can execute this way i can employ these types of personality traits into myself or i can start to like act more and like kind of break out of the cycle i've been in and that's where we see a lot of people i think flounder because they don't take that step to not just network with a capital N there, but to go connect with people and really learn from other people that have been mm. five steps ahead of them and kind of how they got there. 
Yeah, sometimes networking should be more structured, intentional connecting, right? It's business connections, not necessarily please pitch my stuff. So again, Vernon, this, this is really amazing. I, I guess one thing I want to say, this might, um, as we go through, we, we kind of talk about like the networking stuff. It makes you think there's actually a really famous, uh, I don't know, famous. There's a study done by, I, I'm going to do this in a political stance. Um, it was actually done by Hillary Clinton way back in the day when they were looking at trying to address welfare, specifically housing vouchers. And they did a program in certain areas where they took families and um, for their housing voucher vouchers, they specifically located them in more high income and middle income places. They forced them to go live there thinking it would improve results. Well, the initial results of the study in the short run, it had no effect. So they, they dumped it. Years later, decades later, somebody took that research and they looked at it. And specifically what they looked at is what happened to the kids that were under the, I think it was under the age of 10. It could be, it's not more than that. Uh, I think it was under 10, it could have been eight. What happened to those outcomes? They were substantially improved and significantly better than anyone in other you know, housing situations. And what they noticed, and they went back and surveyed and talked to these individuals, is a lot of the things that we measure in life in terms of happiness, success, structured family, so on and so forth, these paths to college, the paths to graduating high school, all the things that oftentimes in low-income areas aren't visible and they don't look like paths they could go, became incredibly visible and almost an assumption of what would happen to these individuals. And word of this again, this is not to say, let's go take action, chain welfare systems. That's a different podcast, different time. But what it does tell me is that the, the circle that you surround yourself with, especially at formative years, will directly change what you think is possible. And then in turn, what will be possible in your life. And if you are not surrounding yourself with the people that have the goals and the things that you see, you're probably not going to get there, which is how I'm leading this into saying two great things about you guys, both of you, um, that you are models of happiness that I see in with as fathers, as just people that I think, and especially Thomas, I've known you for a long time. And I don't think we were supposed to you. You were one of the, like my top 10 models for the way I'd love to be as a father and the way that you commit to being somebody that seems to embrace joy and happiness in your life um, and appreciate the presence of your family. It's amazing to me. And I said the same thing from you, Vernon. And so being able to hopefully get there, I know I'm not there yet fully. I, I would not define myself um, in most of my life as somebody that shows happiness or felt happiness um, consistently, but it, it's definitely something that I hope to model my adult years. And, and you are two examples for it. And I hope you guys feel the same as well. And if you see these individuals, get a chance to talk to them as your listeners, please do. Um, cause at the end of the day, the only thing that we'll really have is the happiness with ourselves. And if we can't get that here, it's what are we doing? Right. So I'm um, really wanted to have this podcast just so we could project more of that in this life. And I look forward to seeing you guys at ASW future events for our listeners, um, and look forward to a happier, healthier, amazing 2023 because a happier world's a better, better world to be in. And I, I want to be in that. So, um, with that guys, please rate review, subscribe. Um, tell us what you thought of this. I know this is a little bit different content than we've done in the past, but I really like it. If you like it, let us know. We could come in with other different types of subjects. We've talked a little bit more about some of the mentality things and break out a little bit more from marketing tactics. But of course, continue to follow for that because we're always going to have great guests, improving your business, but hopefully also improving your life and entertaining you along the way. So with that, Vernon, again, thanks so much for your time. Please engage with Vernon. If you see this 6'4", beautiful man walking around at events, he's probably going to be very open to you talk to him. I recommend you do so. Um, and yes, uh, with that, guys, thank you again. Thank you, Thomas, as always. I'll be seeing you tomorrow and you guys have a great one. Thanks so much. Take it easy, everyone. Thank you. Give them the sign, Thomas. Oh, I thought we were done. Sorry. Happy scaling, everybody. <laughs> Till next time. Till next time. <laughs>